Good morning. Welcome to this pre-recorded service at Church of the Palms on worship service on the third Sunday of Lent, March 7th, 2021. We encourage you to create a worshipful space in your home or wherever you are. Silence your phones and perhaps light a candle to be recognizing the presence of the Holy Spirit with you. This is a communion Sunday. We also invite you to have your bread and juice or wine to be nearby to share with us when the time comes in the worship service. The bulletin is on the church's website if you would like to follow along the service. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you. 
I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Let us worship God. confident of God's great love for us, we can admit where we have failed our Maker and our Savior. We can acknowledge our need of grace and hear again the promise of God's mercy. So confident that we belong to God as beloved children, let us confess together our sin, trusting the abundant mercy of God, which has been poured out for us. Forgiving Lord, we have fallen short time and time again. You have given us your word, both in scripture and in son, and you have promised us your presence, both in spirit and in community. And you have graced us with your kingdom, both in teaching and in service. Even so, we neglect, ignore, and reject your purposes for us. We do not love what you love. We do not embrace what you embrace. We do not defend what you have called us to defend. 
Have mercy on us, O God, of all ages past and all hope for years to come. Forgive us for what we do and what we fail to do. And with your gifts, promises, and grace, continue working in our lives that we might receive full life in Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of his great mercy promises forgiveness of sins to all who heartily repent, has mercy on us, forgives our sins, confirms, and strengthens us in all goodness, and keeps us in eternal life. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Now let us share together that wonderful and historic creed, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now in this moment, even though we're apart from one another, let's share the peace of love that we have for one another and our Lord. Welcome to worship. We are delighted that you have joined us. You may have noticed that we turned the calendar to March, which means that in one more flip of the calendar, we're going to be at Easter, which means that Holy Week is coming. You might want to mark your calendars for Monday, Thursday on April 1st and Good Friday on April 2nd. Both services will be at 6.30 right here in the sanctuary, and they will also be live streamed. Registration for those services will open on March 15th.
We intend to have all three Easter services here on campus at 9, 10, and 11, as well as our sunrise service back at Lido Beach once again at 6.30 in the morning. They have replenished the beach, and it is going to be beautiful out there as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. 22 minutes. I would like to encourage you to carve out 22 minutes to experience the Tazay service that Genevieve has put together. On our homepage, when you click on the watch button and you'll scroll down, you will find it. The harmony of the young women from Sarasota Young Voices sounds like angels singing. They are accompanied by Jonathan Smith on classical guitar and his wife Angela on flute with scripture readings and time for reflection. It is good for the soul. A new service will be released on the last Saturday of the month. This Wednesday, March 10th, God in Hollywood continues at 6.30 p.m. Register for the Zoom link, watch the movie Quiz Show, and join Pastor Steve for an interesting conversation. Many thanks to all of you have, who have turned in your 2021 commitment cards. And if you have not yet had the chance, guess what? There's still time. You can download a card from the website or you can request one from our front office. And thank you for, um, in advance for committing to your pledge for the upcoming year of ministry together. Finally, here is our memory verse for March. It comes from Proverbs 3.3. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Let us continue our worship. Touched by an Angel, a poem by Maya Angelou. We, unaccustomed to courage, exiles from delight, live coiled in shells of loneliness until love leaves its high holy temple and comes into our sight to liberate us into life. Love arrives, and in its train come ecstasies, old memories of pleasure, ancient histories of pain. Yet if we are bold, love strikes away the chains of fear from our souls. We are weaned from our timidity in the flush of love's light. We dare be brave, and suddenly we see that love costs all we are and will ever be. Yet it is only love which sets us free. What shall I render to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. C.S. Lewis said that we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation.
It's why we pause in each of our services for a moment of gratitude, that we might contemplate our bounty and find reason to complete our enjoyment of God by rendering unto the Lord that which we have received from God's gracious hand. The ways of giving are on the screen. Let us continue our worship. Let us pray. Gracious God, all around us we see signs and wonders that reveal your great love for the world. 
We give thanks for your generosity and we thank you for your promises. Most of all, we thank you for the covenant fulfilled in Jesus Christ. May the gifts we offer today serve as signs, communicating good news to the world. May they sustain the weary and witness to those who do not yet believe. Amen. Ooh, looks kind of stormy. A little rainy out there today. Time for the children's moment now. Invite the children to come a little closer. Ooh, yikes. Did you hear that? Seems like it's going to rain today. Well, we're going to hear about a day in the Bible where it rained and rained and rained. One of the things that Pastor Steve is going to read in a few minutes is from the book of Genesis at the very, very beginning of the Bible. And in this story, we learn about a man named Noah and a flood, a big flood, a flood that happens after it rains for many, many days. And it's a flood so big and deep and wide and it lasts so long that all that is left is Noah on an ark with two of every kind of animal. Can you imagine? And that's all that there was. But there's a little bit of good news. Eventually, the rain stopped. And the skies cleared. And the sun came out. And that's when the really good news happened. God spoke to Noah and he said, Noah, I'm going to make you a promise a promise between me and you and every creature on that ark and all future generations that never again will it rain like it rained. I have set a bow in the clouds and it is, is a sign of the promise between me and the earth. And listen to this, friends. We can still see that bow in the sky sometimes because the bow is a rainbow. <laughs> How about that? And rainbows are just one way we can be reminded that God keeps his promises. And the biggest promise that God makes is that he loves us. It's a promise he makes over and over again through the whole Bible. He promises that he loves you, and he promises that he loves me. He loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. He loves us even when it's rainy, and we can trust in God's promises. We can know that the sun will shine again. Will you pray with me? God, you are so good to us. We know you keep your promises. Help us to trust, us in, your, trust in your love for us so that we can make it through rainy days. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today we turn our attention to a new fruit of the Spirit, as we've heard earlier, the fruit of faithfulness. And over the next few weeks, we will be focusing on the signs of God's faithfulness as a way of considering how we might exercise the fruit of faithfulness in our own lives. Today, as you heard, we will be taking a look at the sign of the rainbow, and then uh, on to the sign of the baptismal font, and then from there, the sign of the wedding ring 
ring, and then the sign of the tablet, God's faithfulness through the law. All toward the end of exhibiting God's faithfulness through the fruit of our own lives. So with that in mind, we're going to be turning to two lessons today from the Old and New Testaments. The first from Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 17, which is the, uh, the last part of the story of Noah that follows after the rains have come and the land finally dries and Noah and all of his people in that great big ark have made their way to dry land. So hear the word of God. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I will set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh when the bow is in the clouds I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth God said to Noah this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all the flesh that is on the earth. And then this text from Luke chapter 5 verses 27 through 32. After this Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth and he said to him follow me. And he got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house, and there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. To repentance. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name. Amen. In the last of C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia, in a story entitled The Last Battle, Lewis tells the story about the end of the world. The end of what is this mystical, magical world called Narnia. Narnia has always been a world filled with dangers and threats and evil kings and wicked witches. Nevertheless, it has also been a world visited and often rescued by goodness, the great emperor beyond the sea and the prowling, prancing, good-natured lion Aslan, along with some surprising, least expected heroes. But then, like all worlds, the world of Narnia must come to an end. 
And the beginning of the end of the world comes to Narnia when someone stops telling the truth. In the beginning of the end, there appears a gorilla named Shift, short for Shifty, and he starts spreading falsehoods. He starts spreading falsehoods in such a way that they are kind of believable. Maybe there's a little bit of truth in them, but for the most part, they're false. And so beginning with his friend Puzzle the Donkey, Shift slyly leads the Narnians astray. He begins misrepresenting the great lion Aslan and turns him from a benevolent being into a malevolent being, and the citizens of Narnia start to fall for it. And pretty soon, they start to turn on each other, and the world starts falling apart, all because someone began spreading falsehood, and many began believing it. Truth is what holds the world together. No one really knows why the good Lord sought to bring an end to the world way back in the days of Noah. The storyteller doesn't give us the specifics except to say that humankind was wicked, violent, and evil. Who knows where all that came from, but probably from the very beginning when someone stopped telling the truth. And that someone we know was the serpent slithering on the ground and coiling around the trees. The, the storyteller tells us that it was the serpent who lied to the man and the woman, and the man and the woman believed him. They fell for it. They fell for the conspiracy theory that the good and gracious creator who made and called all things good was somehow now in conspiracy against them. The, the one who breathed the goodness of life into their very souls was now actually out to get them. Such was the serpent's lie, and they fell for it. And from there, the whole thing unraveled, and it's only six pages into the great biblical story. The scripture says that God was sorry that he created the whole mess, and that it grieved him to his heart, and that he would make it rain 40 days and 40 nights, and wash all that God had created away. Except, of course, that God just cannot completely do that. God just can't do that. God finds for himself a representative of the truth, good old Noah, and he tells Noah he's going to try this thing over again. And so Noah builds himself an ark and fills up the ark with representatives of all creation two by two. He, he sets Noah afloat on the stormy seas and finally brings him and the remnants of creation back to dry land. And they stumble out of their stinky boat and God points them up to the sky and there they see the those arching stripes of color across the clouds and God says to Noah and his people that this is the sign this is the sign that says never again 
This is the sign that says that, that God is done dealing with his people by means of retribution, by means of reward and punishment. No, from now on, God says, I will never let you go. I will look upon you with eyes of grace. I will not pay you for your sins nor punish you for your iniquities. I will conspire to see always goodness in you. If there is any conspiracy theory going forward, God says it will be a conspiracy of grace grace. Now what God knows and what we know, but what Noah probably didn't know, was that God in God's great creativity created the atmosphere in such a way that air and light and water would conspire, as it were, to continually create this rainbow. It's what light does when it refracts and bends and breaks through water, through little cloudy droplets of water. It bursts into the color of spectrum and paints the sky. The whole creation conspires with God to remind us many times here in Florida that this is what God is up to. God is up to this conspiracy of faithfulness, this conspiracy of grace to see us through, through rainbow-colored glasses. James McBride, in his compelling memoir, The Color of Water, tells of being raised in a family of 12 children born to a white Jewish mother from Poland and an African-American Baptist preacher. Seeing the multiplicity of race and color and background in his own family, the young McBride at one point asked his mother, what color was God? What color is God in that my siblings and I are all sorts of colors? And she replied, God is the color of water. Such a wise thing for a mother to say, especially on a rainy day and the sun breaks out and the light refracts and the colors splash. It makes all the sense in the world that God is the color of water because God is up to this conspiracy of grace. God just cannot see without those rainbow-colored glasses. You see, that's the truth. And it's been the truth from the very beginning. God is conspiring for everybody. God has repented of God's retribution. There has been a revolution in God's heart, says the Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann. And now God's relationship is with humankind one of unqualified grace. And it's not just a truth, it is the truth. It is the truth to which all other truths must conform, with which all other truths must conspire. I have come, Jesus says, not to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. Which explains Jesus, of course, making that silly approach to Levi tax-collecting, cheating Levi who has conspired with the other side, Levi the symbol of all that's wrong with the world, Levi a discredit to his people, Levi the one who deserves being washed away in a flood, Levi sitting there in his little old tax booth, raking it in, telling half-truth after half-truth. But Jesus is conspiring. Jesus is looking through the clouds of Levi to see the spectrum of possibility. Jesus is not going to let this guy go. Follow me, he says, and whatever little good that Jesus sees inside this traitor is the same good in Levi that decides to drop everything and follow Jesus. You see, that's 
the truth. The truth from the very beginning that the God create that the Creator created everything and called it good. That there is this revolution of divine approach, no longer crime and punishment, but unqualified grace. So Levi is bowled over, and Levi sends out the invites, and Levi hosts the big shinding, and Levi points to Jesus and said, "See there, that's the truth." and the truth will set us free. Which of course is the other way to look at it. We who are wondering about the truth, and it's a good thing to wonder about these days, because you know the truth feels like it's in short supply. Do you know what I mean? It feels like a lot of people are not much interested anymore in telling the truth or finding out about it. In this information age of ours, it feels like all that we get is just bad information. And it may be the one thing we can all agree on. Lots of folks are not telling us the truth. But what we may not agree on is this. A lot of us, all of us, are falling for falsehood. All of us are believing falsehood. I told you you may not agree with that, but we believe, don't we, what we want to believe. That's just what us humans do. We, we believe what we want to believe, and when you believe just what you want to believe, it's then that you start believing the things that just are not true. I spend far too much of my time these days on Snopes. You know what Snopes is? Snopes is a website where you can go and see what you have read on Facebook or seen on TV or got emailed you by a friend or found on Twitter, whether it's true or false. I spend a lot of my time on Snopes because I get, to send, I get sent to me a lot of things that are supposed to be true. I read a lot of things that are supposed to be true. I get told a lot of things that are supposed to be true. And I find out when I go on Snopes that most of them are not some of them I so want to be true because I want to believe what I want to believe. But it turns out that a lot of it is just conspiracy theory, the bad kind. And then I worry that maybe this is the way the world ends or the way American civilization ends when more and more people start telling falsehood and more and more people start believing it. Oh, I know that falsehood has been around since the serpent, but I wonder if our vigilance has never been in greater demand. Because, you know, a lot of the so-called truths that get sent along to me or that I read in social media or that I hear from people in power or that I get told on TV are assertions that break people down, assertions that denigrate, assertions that cast aspersions, assertions that call names, assertions that dehumanize, assertions that encourage prejudice, assertions that rile me up against somebody else. And these do not conform with the truth. 
These do not set me free. They imprison me in my narrow views. These do not make me approach the Levi's of the world. They make me flee the Levi's of the world. These do not help me see the rainbow and the clouds. They just make the sky dark and ugly. These do not remind me that God saw all that God created and saw it as good. They make me think that me and my people are good and everybody else is bad. God finished with that way of looking at things a long time ago. We are the children of light, to borrow a phrase from Reinhold Niebuhr, and part of what that means is that we in the church are the children who see the world through the light of Christ. Jesus shines the light through the clouds and sees a rainbow, and Jesus shines through us to see the rainbow in others. This is the promise. This is the faithfulness of God, and we must demand it of ourselves as faithful as God is to us, we are to be faithful to all God's children because truth is what holds the world together. In Ann Tyler's great novel, The Accidental Tourist, a couple of her characters are roaming the shelves and bins of a dollar store, and one of them comes across a magnifying glass, the lens of which is shattered. But this broken magnifying glass is a novelty in that when you look through its brokenness, it makes the broken things you're looking at appear whole. Through the broken lens, everything broken turns whole again. And I, and I wonder if that isn't what happens when we gather at this table of Jesus, the one who was there when God painted the rainbow across the sky, the, that refracted, bent, broken light that through his broken body and spilled blood, Jesus sees everything whole again. Never again, he says, never again. It is finished retribution and judgment and aspersion and name-calling and stupid tweets and mocking posts and dumb emails from your friends. They're all finished. All clouds are seen by rainbow. All children are seen by grace. For this is the truth and the truth shall set us free.
From now on, God says, I will never let you go. I will conspire to see always the goodness in you. Friends, we are all invited to this table to receive the nourishment from a loving God. It is at this table where we participate in the conspiracy of faithfulness, in the conspiracy of grace. Hear now the words of institution of our Lord's Supper. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, gave thanks, and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for you all for the forgiveness of sin. Do this and remember me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again, and he will come again. Let us pray. Great and gracious God, we lift our thanks to you, for it is right to give our thanks and praise for you alone, our holy and mighty, merciful and loving. We thank you for your love that endures forever and your faithfulness through all generations. You laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. We thank you, O God, for you have made us in your own image and call us to be your people. We turn, when we turn away from you, still you loved us and sought us. In Christ, you grace defeat, your grace defeated death and opened our way to eternal life. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with the heavenly choirs and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. We give you thanks, O God, for you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus, in whom your fullness dwells, to be for us the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus taught those who would hear him, healed those who believed in him, received all who sought him, and lifted the burden of their, theirs and our sin. We glorify you for your great power and love at work in Christ. Merciful God, we ask for your blessing for all who are suffering from fear and oppression this day. Give comfort to those who are lonely, healing to those who are ill, strengthen those who are worn out in service, safety to those who serve in danger, joy to those who are sad, and love for those who are loveless. Bless this bread and wine that it might be both your blessing to us and that it might lead us to be your blessing to others. Now we bring all our prayers, spoken and unspoken, to you. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
So friends, this is the feast prepared for us. So this, let us partake this feast of Christ. This is for us. So when you are at home, just get your bread and your juice. And this is the gift of the Lord for the people of God. Let us pray. God of faithfulness and God of grace, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now, as we have been nourished and strengthened, send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may use our gifts to faithfully share your love with generous and kind hearts to everyone that we encounter. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.